Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. On the programme, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. This week we hear how the farming organisations fared in their first face-to-face meetings with the new Minister for Agriculture, Derek Killeary, and also more on their reactions to the cap budget. Harvest season is progressing, and amidst concerns that trade returns sustainable prices to grain farmers to prevent a further drop in farm income, we hear how crops are doing. We discuss some of the main advantages of milk recording, and our weekly Tagusk advisory looks at grass growth and milk machinery maintenance at this time of year. As usual, Farm Talk's John O'Connor looks at stories making the agri news this week, including what the agri sector is in line for in the July stimulus package. Farm Talk on C103. For the second time in as many weeks, farming organisations made their way to the Department of Agriculture to state their case to a new Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, this time Derek Killeary. IFA President Tim Cullinan said it was an opportunity to discuss the outcome of the CAP talks. While the allocation for Pillar 1 is down, there are still some technical issues to decide which could avoid a cut in the 2021 BPS. He called on the Minister and his officials to do all they can to avoid any BPS cut. Other important issues include the national co-financing for schemes such as BDGP, Sheep Welfare, Gloss and TAMS. The maximum level of permissible co-financing has expanded to 57% and the government's being called on to commit to maximum financing. Farm schemes must target active farmers and issues like the unfair burden of designated land must be addressed. The ongoing issue of the €50 million COVID support scheme for beef farmers was also raised with a call for support for the beef finishers who've lost most as a result of the crisis. The looming threat of Brexit was also discussed and the IFA delegation made clear they intend to engage constructively on the commitments in the programme for government on climate action and diversity. ICMSA's delegation, headed by President Pat McCormack, discussed current challenges and opportunities in Irish farming and the wider food sector. Mr McCormack insisted in the event of approved reduction in cap funding under either Pillar 1 or 2 that the Irish government will have a clear responsibility to make good that reduction. Talks revolved around cap in 2020 and reinvigorating the sector as it emerges from the worst limitations imposed by COVID, Brexit, Budget 2021, environmental issues and the disbursement of the July stimulus €50 billion beef support package. On the issue of stimulating the beef sector, ICMSA repeated their argument for a dairy beef scheme, 
which Pat McCormick said was highly attractive and feasible on margins, sustainability, suitability and emissions. ICSA President Edmund Phelan set out a comprehensive agenda for the cattle and sheep sectors in his first meeting with Minister Killeary. Key ICSA demands include a regulator to permanently oversee the beef chain, a sheep task force to find solutions to low wool prices and provide accountability on lamb imports, PGI status exclusively for sucklers and a commitment to a rep scheme with treble the funding of the current gloss. The presentation was very focused on difficulties faced by cattle and sheep farmers. In particular, ICSA wants to ensure the demand for a regulator for the beef food chain is delivered. ICSA outlined the sustainability of current beef prices and made a strong case for the €50 million beef finisher fund to be targeted at winter beef finishers who've been hardest hit by the poor prices. With the announcement of a reduced cap budget, ICSA sought a commitment from Minister Killeary to push for additional exchequer funds for the farming sector. Cap funding also drew lengthy responses from the farming organisations over the past week. IFA said the funding isn't consistent with EU plans for farming under the EU Green Deal. Tim Cullinan said on the one hand the Commission wants farmers to take costly actions to implement the farm-to-fork and biodiversity strategies, but on the other hand don't want to provide the necessary funding. Overall cap allocation is down approximately 9% at constant prices compared to the previous seven years. The government will need to come forward with significant co-financing to protect payments. Farmers want to know how these figures, together with national co-financing from the government, will translate into payments at farm level. ICMSA said it's already clear agriculture has taken a hit compared with the previous cap programme period of 2014 to 2020, and it will be necessary for the Irish government to supply three basic metrics immediately to allow proper consideration of the funding deal concluded. These are country-by-country allocation. A need to know how much Ireland's overall allocations under Pillar 1 and 2 are down. And most importantly now, the need to know how the government intends to make up that reduction. ICSA said it's hard to see how farmers can do all they're being asked to do in the context of a significantly reduced cap funding. It said the whole process has been complicated immeasurably by the COVID crisis, but the farming sector isn't getting a fair share. It's particularly disappointed with the last-minute halving of the recovery support for the Rural Development Budget, which was meant to be €15 billion, but is now coming in at €7.5 billion. ICSA welcomed confirmation of a €5 billion Brexit fund and said the Irish government must fight tooth and nail to get a substantial allocation, given that Irish agriculture is directly in the firing line from Brexit. Pat O'Toole of the Irish Farmers Journal has been giving Farm Talk his take on the reaction to the cap budget. Well, the IFA, I suppose they, they focused straight away on that pillar one cut. Tim Cullinan said despite the spin that there's not enough money in the first pillar to maintain the basic payment. So we're going to get a cut in real terms of the basic payment and IFA would point out that that's before you take inflation into account, that the real value of that money to the farmer, both in terms of his spending power and his income, because there's two functions in the payments. One is to increase the buying power of farmers so they can continue to invest in their farms and keep that rural economy flowing. And the other is as income, especially for dry stock farmers, there's a very close correlation between the basic payment that they receive and their, their total farm income. 
And despite that, we're seeing cuts in real time because inflation will, will reduce the power of that money and the value of it. He describes the second pillar as being something the farmers will have to ju- jump through hoops to access. Um, and what they call for is that the second pillar is designed in such a way that those schemes make sure that no farmer will lose. And that's going to be quite difficult because there is a commitment in the next cap that 40% of all funding has to go towards environmental schemes. I talked to Minister Dara Kaliri. He was very focused on the fact that uh, he believes that a lot of the existing schemes, such as the local-led schemes, such as Gloss and EOS, already qualify as being environmental schemes. So he doesn't think it's going to be a big ask to reach that 40%. Others are more concerned. So we have to see how that pans out. Pat O'Toole of the Irish Farmers Journal. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Dara Kaliri, has outlined some of the main elements of the July stimulus package, which he said would benefit the agri-food and the marine sector. The Minister said it's crucial we would address the financial needs of all businesses, including those in the agri-food sector, and that would be farmers, fishermen and food businesses. They would need support both for working capital and longer-term investment. He welcomes the inclusion of farmers and fishers in the new €2 billion credit guarantee scheme, plus confirmation of the further expansion of the €500 million future growth loan scheme. This, he said, coupled with a range of other supports announced in the July stimulus package, would be a comprehensive package of measures. This, he pointed out, was in addition to the range of specific supports already in place for the sector or part of the government's economic response to the COVID challenges. He referred specifically to an allocation of €50 million Euro in exchequer funding being provided for the beef sector for a support scheme for beef finishing farms which has been severely impacted by COVID-19. Details of this to be announced shortly. Also following a campaign by EU member states, spearheaded by Ireland, the European Commission brought in a scheme of aids to private storage under CAP, which he said had been of benefit for the dairy sector in Ireland in particular. A COVID-19 voluntary temporary fleet tie-up scheme for fishing vessels is also being implemented. Minister Caleary said, like many businesses, our farmers, fishers and food companies had played a vital role during the pandemic. The agri-food and marine sector proved its resilience through the crisis. Continuing farming and food processing activities, keeping supply chains moving and ensuring that Irish food and drink products remained on Irish, European and international supermarket shelves throughout. Later this year, he said, to coincide with the budget in October, the government would set out a national economic plan. He would ensure that his department and its agencies, in consultation with stakeholders, will continue to monitor the impacts on the agri-food sector as the situation evolves and to provide appropriate supports to the sector. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. ICMSA's Livestock Committee Chair Des Morrison has said farmers will be perturbed by the department's recent admission that so far this year it's suspended the mechanical grading in two factories and ordered these to revert to manual grading. The chairman said in the absence of further details after the story broke, he felt certain questions needed to be asked and answered and he was critical of what he termed the lack of additional information when the department released the news. 
Des Morrison said there was a vague tone to revelations that would greatly irritate farmers who suspected with much justification that there was a tolerance extended to grading failures on the part of factories, which was not extended to farmers accused of failing to comply with complex regulations covering farming and primary food production. Well, next we're discussing milk recording, and it's based mostly on AHI Animal Health Ireland notes in the July issue of Dairy Gold Milk Matters magazine and Tiagusk's Today's Farm July edition. Farm Talk's John O'Connor is with me. And first, John, what are some of the main advantages of milk recording? Well, Barry, regular milk recording allows the herd owner to keep track of the somatic cell count, SCC, of each cow. Milk yield alone is not actually a reliable measure to use when selecting cows for culling from your dairy herd. Milk recording, however, will provide the necessary evidence of individual dairy cows' worth in terms of quality milk production and SCCs, somatic cell counts. And for some farmers, milk recording was suspended earlier in the year because of the COVID-19 restrictions. So what is the situation at the moment? Milk recording was suspended earlier in the year, but services are now back in action. For farmers who haven't got started yet, and farmers who might be tempted to leave it until next year, the strong advice from AHI, Animal Health Ireland and Monster Bovine would be to start milk recording immediately. In theory, of course, ideally, the best time to start milk recording would be close as possible to the start of lactation. But for a herd that has never been milk recorded up to now, the best time to start would be as soon as possible, ideally immediately. All milk recordings will build a profile of mastitis spread and control. So it's never too late to begin milk recording? That's correct. It's never too late to start milk recording. And what's the first step? Well, you can talk to your local co-op, to Chagask or contact Munster Bovine at 022-43228 or check out cellcountanimalhealthireland.ie. And maybe you could expand on the benefits of milk recording and how it operates. Milk recording allows the herd owner to keep track of the SEC, somatic cell count, of each individual cow. After year-round teeth disinfection, milk recording is the next most important tool in dealing with high SEC levels and mastitis. Milk recording identifies and facilitates the management of problem cows in the herd and could dramatically improve the farmer's actual milk price by decreasing the herd's overall SEC level. As AHI Animal Health Ireland emphasise in the Dairy Gold Milk Matters magazine, You cannot manage what you do not measure. And John, what documentation is linked to milk recording? Well, herds that are milk recording get a cell check farm summary report after each recording. This cell check farm summary report highlights the areas of excellence in terms of mastitis control and indeed other areas which could be improved on. The report quantifies the daily losses occurring because of high SEC cows, so the herd owner can clearly see what's to be gained financially from preventing infection. Milk recording organisations, veterinary practitioners and others provide support to help farmers analyse the information accurately and optimise beneficial implementation of all this data produced. 
And are there any figures on the financial payback from milk recording? Animal Health Ireland, AHI, point out that research has shown that milk recording will lead to a €120 increase in profit per cow, which is a tenfold return on the average cost of €12 per cow annually for milk recording. That's an increase of €120 per cow as a result of milk recording. And what's the milk recording connection with selective dry cow therapy? Now that comes into operation from the 28th of January 2022. A record of milk recording will be necessary in the lead up to SCCT, selective dry cow therapy, implementation on 28th of January 2022. SDCT would restrict the use of antibiotics to certain cows only. I understand. The Dairy Gold Milk Matters magazine, July issue number 89, has an extensive feature on milk recording by AHI Animal Health Ireland. That's correct, Barry. AHI sets out a very persuasive case for milk recording. Thanks for that, John. IFA has called on all stakeholders to support the Irish tillage sector as Harvest 2020 progresses. It contributes over €500 million euro of farm gate value to the rural economy. It's of critical strategic importance to Ireland's €12 billion euro livestock, dairy, food, drinks and mushroom export sectors. According to the recent Tiagasc National Farm Survey, tillage farm incomes fell by 15% in 2019 compared to 2018. Tillage farmers endured a difficult winter, followed by drought conditions in late spring, which will have a negative impact on yield. IFA is calling for the trade to return sustainable prices to grain farmers this harvest to prevent a further drop in farm income. IFA is urging all farmers and contractors to put a renewed focus on farm safety this harvest, identify the risks before undertaking the work, and ensure anyone working on the farm does the same. More on the harvest and how crops are doing later in the programme. IFAC, Ireland's Farming Food and Agribusiness Specialist Professional Services, announced this week it had acquired Cashminder from Agrinet, the farm software specialists. I spoke to IFAC's Philip O'Connor, head of the farm support team, to find out more about the acquisition. Well, I suppose the most basic when the opportunity came up for IFAC to acquire Cashminder, so uh, we took the opportunity. But, I mean, the opportunity came at the best time for us because this was an area that we were... We were getting very involved in, uh, with with helping our with our, our farmers and our clients to financial manage um, to another product that we had, which is farm. But it's a, the opportunity was there. We took it, and it was it couldn't have happened at a better time for us. I mean, it's 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 right where we want to go, go to as as an organisation, helping our farmers manage their finances today and into the future. If you know what I mean. So, and that's what Cashminder is. It's a budgeting piece of software to help a farmer. Look at his figures, what's happening today in the farm, and where does he want his, where does he want his finances to be in three months, six months, and next year? And what does it do for IFAC then going forward? Well, I suppose IFAC it allows us to have those types of conversations with, with with our farmers. So, like, I mean, it's one thing to say that you want to you sit down with a farmer and say, well, right, so where do you want to be in six months' time? And the conversation will go where it goes, but it's another thing to be able to track that. So the farmer says, right, so I want to. I want to make X amount of money or I want to do this or I want to do that. I want to build the shed. I want to buy a tractor. I want to put money aside for the children's college fund. And then how do we, we track and manage that? So instead of us waiting to the end of the year or to the middle of next year to look at the previous year's set of accounts, what we'll start doing is we'll start, right, so we'll put that into a budget and we'll plan to how we want to get there. And sometimes we'll get there and things will happen and things will change. But at least if you have a plan 
and you're working towards it and you're, and you're monitoring that plan, you then have a much better chance of achieving those goals and those plans. It's, it's the old adage, what gets managed which gets, what gets managed gets planned. So, like, it is important. And, Philip, you head up the farm support team there. So, what type of services do you offer? Well, with the main services we offer, like, as I say, we've developed the, the Farm Pro software, which is our own in-house piece of software for doing budgeting and planning. Um, and that's our, that's our main piece of software. Now, Cashminders obviously come on as part of that as well. They're both quite similar products for what we want to do. We also then, my sector then, would also look after, I suppose we do a lot of loan projections and financial, financial plans for farmers that are going to the banks for their loans. I would do a lot of work around business structures. So we have a lot of farmers that have changed the business structure, so into companies or partnerships. So I would look after that particular sector as well with the partners. And recently on our Farm Talk, we highlighted the publication of IFAC's Irish Farm Report 2020. Now, there was a lot in that, a lot to take from it. But maybe just again, to recap, you could outline for us maybe, Philip, just some of the main findings there from that. Well, I suppose some of the key ones, we, we, we tracked the financial performance um, to, of the different sectors. And I mean, I suppose what we saw, and I suppose without going into details, specific details, and we saw there was a big, big gap between... I suppose those in the top 25%, the middle and the bottom. And when we started surveying our clients, looking why was this, financial planning was one of the areas that we found that farmers were weak on. That, In other words, that they, they, they worked throughout the year, and it was only really at the year end they, 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 they discovered whether they made money or not sort of made money. Like I mean, it was a little, it was a little slightly haphazard almost, if you know what I mean. So that's why we actually developed the products we have, Farm Pro, and that's why we're Caracash Miner, is to help those farmers achieve those goals. So in other words, how do we get that middle group into the top 20, 20% group? You know what I mean? So to help our farmers achieve their financial goals. And I suppose we're on our second year of the farm report. And that, that was definitely one of the outcomes we found from the farm report in the last two years, that farmers needed help in that. And of course, there have been many challenges this year alone in farming. And they've only been compounded, I suppose, by the COVID crisis, Philip. So how do you see the sector emerging as we go forward? I'm nearly 20 years in the agri game now. And God, yeah, this year was definitely the... Most, I suppose you call it bizarre and interesting year. Um, and I would have started off the start of this year, and we were looking at probably a, quite a positive outlook. Um, barely, even though Brexit was on the was on the horizon, but it was reasonably positive. Big prices are looking strong. Cattle prices are starting to look a bit starting to come up after a pretty bad eighteen and seventeen and eighteen. I think COVID came in, and literally it was it was next to near impossible to figure out where we were going to go. And I said when we were doing our budgets and plans with our dairy clients, for example, we were predicting and looking at drops down to possibly into the mid-20s. But in fairness, the, um, the dairy sector has come out of it reasonably well, and we didn't have the, the, the price drops that we, we, we thought that might happen, and, and they're starting to rise slightly in the last coming weeks. And the beef sector, while, while it is struggling still, uh, and prices are still not, not fantastic, they are starting to rise a little bit. But I suppose what's really been positive in the beef sector in the last couple of weeks and you've touched on your program a few times, is um, the new cap, and there is some positives in it. Like, and but like anything, it's the, it's the small details that will, will will tell the difference. But I mean, the fact that the Department of Agri is looking at a new reps plan, extensions of the glass plans, and looking at targeted areas for for for, for in the beef sector and the sucker industry is, is a positive. But we'll, we'll wait and see as the the finer details come out. IFAX Philip O'Connor, head of the farm support team. Each autumn, Chagask Options workshops are held regionally to explore potential to generate additional income streams, both inside and outside the farm gate. 
Participants have the opportunity to network with local development and training agencies such as the Local Enterprise Office, LEO, Local Development Leader Companies, Education and Training Boards, ETBs, and Intro. Chagas Options Workshops provide an opportunity to network and also to meet like-minded people as well as mentors who can answer questions about grants, legal issues, financial questions and insurance. At these options workshops, farmers who have already taken the plunge and diversified their farm business, creating additional income streams, talk about how they went about doing this, why and how they diversify their own farm businesses. On hand will be Chagas specialists to provide information on organics, renewable energy, energy saving, as well as equine enterprises, tourism, forestry and artisan food. To express an interest or register with a Chagas Options workshop, listeners may call the following Chagas Mallow at 022-21936, Miss Katrina Tug, or Mr. James Fleming, Chagas Mallow, 022-52362. Or they may register at the following www.opt-in.ie forward slash options. That's www.opt opt-in.ie forward slash options, all lowercase. Another diversification concept will be the Beer Innovator Campus. From mid-2021, the Beer Innovator Campus will provide training and support for a wide range of artisan foods and food business development. Participants in the Beer Innovator Campus from mid-2021 under construction now at Chagascath and Rye, will benefit from access to Chagask Food Research Centres in Ashtown and Moorpark for Moy. That'll be through on-site and remote training and advice. Further detailed information available in the July-August issue of the Chagask Client magazine, Today's Firm, with contributions by key Chagask Rural Development Advisors Mary Ryan, David Meredith and Barry Caslin, also Anomani Chagas Mayo. And the Mallow contacts are 022-21936, Katrina Tuig or James Fleming, 022-52362. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. We continue this week's Farm Talk with our weekly Tagusk advisory. Tim Doody is a dairy advisor with Tagusk in Mallow. We're discussing the maintenance of milking machines, among other issues. But I began by asking Tim about managing grass growth at this time of the year. Well, it's actually a great complaint at the moment. Grass growth is absolutely bombing altogether. If we look at the, 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 the latest results from Pasture Bays Ireland uh, over, the, over the previous seven days, Growth rate um, is exceeding 65 kilos of dramatic per hectare with uh, an average stocking rate of 3.4 cows per hectare. That, would, that leaves a demand of 55. So we're actually, strangely enough, in a surplus again heading into the, the, the start of August. Now, if you look at a target rotation length at, um, for the start of August on, on a stocking rate of 2.5 cows, it's 20 days. And we're hoping to add five days to that by, the, by mid-August. And by the 1st of September, you'll be hoping to add another five days. So your target is 30 days of rotation. And what I mean by that is that the cows, it's 30 days. If they graze paddock one, it's 30 days by the time they come back to paddock, paddock one again on the, on the 1st of September. So really, I suppose, with this predicted surpluses in the rotation at the moment and with the, the, the moisture that's falling or rain that's falling and the, 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 the soil temperature... Like the thing really is in the next dry period is to take out the surplus, the grass in the form of bales, because the reality on the ground is that in August or once you get into August, you set, we're we're heading into the first first week of August there now next week. But to set yourself up for September and October and to achieve the targets and the average farm cover, you really don't. You'd have to cut out this late harvesting of 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 bales off the milking platform. Um, and all these areas need to be back in as quick as possible. Now, the growth rate, as we say, is in excess of, of 10 kilos. Um, so, like, we, we are growing it. Now, the, the, the problem is that the pre-grazing covers or, 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 or the amount of grass the cows are going into is too high. And nationally, it's, it's, it's over 1,600 kgs um, of dry matter per hectare. Like, and our target for this, this week um, would be targets of 1400 kilos or look put it simply nine nine to nine to ten centimeters now 
once you go over that, you're actually compromising the graze out or, or, or the, the, what grass is left afterwards. And if you, if you force the animals, whatever animals it is, whether it be in calf heifers or milking cows or beef animals, you will compromise the performance of those animals, you know. So, look, it's a great complaint. Um, the target is to keep the, the, the cover per livestock unit between 160 and 180, um, or, look, 12 to 14 days ahead on dry stock farms. So, look, currently we're, we're, we're over the 200 uh, kgs of dry matter per, per, per livestock unit. Where, so, look, we're 20, 30 kilos above where we should be. So, look, I suppose to summarise is, Remove, remove the, the high-quality bales as soon as possible, um, get the, and you'll have high growth rate, get it back into rotation. Any, any paddocks would say that they haven't been topped or cut uh, yet this year is to straighten them out so they'll be absolutely perfect for September, October onwards. And as I say, look, the, the dry matter at the moment, even with all the rain, is 13.5, nearly 13.7%. So it's, it's very, very good barrage. You know? And any other typical issues, Tim, that the farmer might have to contend with in the fields now at this time of the year? If you're, if we're hitting for a extending rotation barrier from, from, from 20 days where we are to 25 to 30 days, we've only two more lots of applications of fertiliser. So, look, once the middle of September comes under, under EU regulations, no more chemical fertiliser is, is permitted on, on, on a, all sorts of, of farms. So, it is very important with the, the, the growth rates that are there that the temptation is not taken up to reduce the units of fertilizer. You're looking at putting out um, your, your nitrogen in the form of protected urea. You're looking at approximately a unit, a, a unit of nitrogen uh, per, 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 per day of rotation. So look, you, if you're on a 30-day rotation, you're looking at uh, 30 units of protected urea. Um, and it's all to do, you need a carryover effect into when you stop spreading fertilizer. Because if you look at the reality of it now, we're on a 20-day rotation on the 1st of August, and that's the target. And by the 1st of October, you need to be on a 40-day rotation. And that doesn't that the 40-day rotation is the same if you're stopped at 3.5 livestock units per hectare or 2.5 livestock units per hectare. So... Keep the fertilizer out and keep your P and Ks out. Any pallets that need to be reseeded, get them done as quickly as possible. Because reseeding this time of the year increases the demand. So you're, you've less area available for, for, for your milking cows. And you're increasing demand. And what you want to do is reduce the demand and have every, every field available around the milking platform for your, for your dairy cows, you know. Looking at machinery then and the maintenance of machinery, Tim, at this time of the year, what should people be doing? It's really on the milking machine that we are looking at. The milking machine is the most important piece of equipment on any, on any dairy farm, Barry. Like if you take on average, the, a milking cow or a dairy cow is 60 to 80 hours in contact with a machine. And I'd always say that the, the liners or a milking machine is a great way of spreading bacteria from one cow to the other if, you're, if your milking routine is wrong. So at the moment, you are looking at, we'll say, the, main, the, the big thing is we're heading for, as I said, the 1st of August. You, the, the target is with a liner. A liner is the, is the rubber compartment that goes into the shell that, that, that uh, goes in and out to take the milk out of, out of the cow. So you're looking at a maximum milking per liner or per cluster of 2,000. So you need to you need to change those liners at at, at two thousand milkings or, or six month intervals, whichever comes comes sooner. So 
a lot of a lot of dairy farmers probably would have changed liners. We'll say um, on the on on before the start of the twenty twenty calving season. So, like if you t- if you have reached, you will have reached your your um, two thousand makings, and they they need to be changed straight away because um, and and if you haven't, and if you're if you're on a six month one, well, if you start calving on the sixth uh, on on the middle of February. It dare to dare to a change now. So if you wore liner wear, it's going to increase the case of mastitis. You're going to have poor milk out, um, and you're going to have poor quality milk. So the liners are our number one. Also, is to get the machine checked. It's to check the bleed hole, the vacuum level, and check everything in the milk machine. Get 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 your service man in and to do a routine check because look, nine times out of ten, that is done in the the. the the back end of the year so it's just a recheck to make sure ever everything is okay the liners are a big one and also to do a milk recording if any farmers have, have problems with mastitis it's to identify the problem cases these are the ones that that are persistently higher have had a couple of cases of mastitis during during so far during this lactation and they should be identified for culling because if they are persistent they're that you cannot cure with antibiotics. So it's without misrecording, you won't be able to identify these animals, and it's just segregate these animals and take them out of the herd. You know, because look, we're we're facing into an era when we reduce antibiotics within the next twenty four months, and these animals are causing problems in herds, and 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 they need to go. You know. And finally there, Tim, we're in a year like no other across all sectors. Farming generally is no different. You know, are you seeing any change as we get into the back end of the year now in the way, say, that Tiagasca are doing their business and the advisories and that and the way that you get out to meet with your, your clients? You know, is it improving given all we've been through with COVID so far this year? Oh, yes, Barry. Uh, look, we, we were on in unprecedented territory for the last couple of months. We're, we're back doing discussion groups. We're back doing farm visits. Obviously, we have to be very, very conscious of others. We have to uh, adhere to social distancing. We have to wear our masks and stuff like that. We are back on farms. We are visiting. Look, it's a requirement. Farmers uh, trying to plan for, for the back end of the year and to set themselves up for for. for for 2021 so look i suppose looking at other sectors of the economy dairy farmers we, we've done i suppose we, we we have done quite well yes there was a reduction in milk price milk price has turned the corner and it has, in, has increased in the last in the last two to three months grass growth has been excellent cost of production have been down tons of grass grown has been very very good this year and overall animals performance has been has 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 been good it's been an overall good year if you look back at, at um, I suppose, May, there was a slight little tension in moisture deficit down this side of the country. We weren't hit as badly as the eastern half of the country. So overall, um, it has been a very, very good year, Barry. Um, and look, we're lining ourselves up into the back end of the year. And if we were to hit our, 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 our grazing targets, like the reality with the grazing targets is like... By grass measuring, you're, 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 like you're saving yourself. It's worth two cents a litre to you. So like if you take the average cow, grass budgeting and stuff like that reduces your milk production cost by approximately a thousand, a thousand, or sorry, a hundred euros per cow per year. So it's a very, very worthwhile exercise. But overall, look, it's been a good year. The single farm payment has been done. Derogations have been submitted. And any queries that are coming will be will be dealt with the back end of the year. And it, it it's funny, like if you look at in another three months, we'll be talking about drying off the first decading cows. So like the year has passed very very quick, Barry. You know, Tim Doody, dairy advisor with Tiagaskin Mallow. 
Farming has been singled out in a report this week among the occupations statistically most at risk from COVID-19. The research by the Economic and Social Research Institute suggests the jobs with greatest risk for coronavirus can be tracked via a cross-section of those with underlying illnesses of older age and living in deprived areas. Agricultural workers and those on the front line are more likely to be older with underlying conditions and living in deprived circumstances, all of which contributed to a heightened vulnerability to the illness. The ESRI study recommends that the state and private sector should combine and use innovative strategies to protect workers in occupations at high risk of contracting the virus. Agriculture is one of the professions with the highest number of workers aged over 50. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Derek Cleary, met with the European Commissioner for Trade, Phil Hogan, which allowed the opportunity to establish contact and engage in discussions of mutual interest. Brexit and the wider international training environment were the two overarching themes of the discussion. There was a useful exchange on the current state of play in the EU-UK negotiations, and it was an opportunity for the Minister to reiterate Ireland's agri-food and fisheries priorities. We continue this week's Farm Talk with more on the harvest for tillage farmers. A lot of grains have been picked up with more to come in. Joining me is Michael English, tillage and beef area sales manager with Dairy Gold. So Michael, how is winter barley looking at the moment? In the Dairy Gold catchment area, uh, we are having a good solid winter barley harvest. Yields are from 3.5 ton to 4.2 ton an acre. They're averaging around 3.8 ton an acre. What winter barley cut to date is of a very good quality. It has KPH of 66.8. The moisture is um, is very satisfactory. It's between 15 and 22, kind of averaging out at 16, 17% moisture, which is very, very good. This is very uplifting after a very wet January, February, March. When after walking crop, you would be out in mud up to your knees. That's how wet the fields were. Then in May, we went into a drought situation. Both six row and two, two row performed very well, all equal this year. The six row this year have a very high bushel. We stand at the moment with 70 to 75 percent of the winter barley harvests. We need to get a big improvement in the weather to get out the rest of the winter crop before the spring barley will be cut in two weeks' time. Winter wheat is also looking quite promising. The volume of straw is back 20 to 25% on other years. We're having a good grain yield with low straw return. And the prospects then for the spring barley, Michael, how is the spring barley looking? Uh, spring feed barley is looking quite promising. Early sown crops are about two weeks um, from harvesting. Um, some of the later sown crops are producing some secondary growth, which may have some green grains at harvest. There is no easy answer to this. We had a mixed weather for grain fill. Hopefully it won't affect quality for malting. And in relation then to the malting barley, what's the outlook here, given all the COVID implications that we've had, Michael? Despite the lockdown due to COVID-19, Dairy Gold Board have honoured all malting and roasting contracts. Despite this difficult time, all feed grain um, will be used in animal feeds into Dairy Gold Lumber Town Mills. The malting and roasting varieties um, sown this year were Planet, Ericle and Gangway. And if we move away then to the protein crops, was it a good decision for farmers to go with them this year? Yes, it was a, it was a, good, um, uh, a, go, a good year so far. Protein crops, beans are probably the largest protein crop grown, with acres almost doubling this year. 
pulses have been proven to be a great great bread crop, widely grown and, and relatively cheap to grow. Rotational benefits and nitrogen fixing capacity will assist with sustainable farming agenda. Pulses also are excellent soil conditioners. They help to build up the organic matter in the soil. Protein crops also qualify for protein aid payments, getting around €215 a hectare this year. How are the crops looking in the field at the moment? Beans are looking very well at present in most fields. Probably a little too many plants per square metre. They suffered a little in the drought um, during the month of May. Hopefully that won't affect yield. We still have a long way to go to harvest. Dairy Gold has announced a minimum contract price for beans of €205 per tonne at 20% moisture. Dairy Gold is committed to including as much as much homegrown proteins and cereals in animal feeds. Beans produce high protein, high energy and are GM free, which we include in coarse dairy feeds for animals manufactured in um, lumber sound mills. The nutrient value of beans is 26 to 28% protein, which is of a high UFL of 1.01%. These homegrown proteins are replacing imported soybean and distillers. We are also looking at other proteins um, which are at a development stage. They are soybean and peas. Now they are looking promising, but more trial work needs to be completed before they will be viable commercial crops to grow. Michael English, Tillage and Beef Area Sales Manager with Dairy Gold. Minister of State with Responsibility for Forestry, Senator Pippa Hackett, has indicated the government's decided to proceed speedily with the implementation of a number of forestry-related commitments in the programme for government. These include a proposal to amend the Agricultural Appeal Act 2001 to align the forestry licensing and appeals process with the planning processes the development of a new scheme for the creation of native woodlands on state and other public lands, the development of a new portal to enhance public participation in forestry decision-making in Ireland, and the appointment of an independent chair to be identified to lead implementation of the McKinnon Report. Minister Hackett referred to the need to plant more of the right trees in the right places. The Programme for Government commits to an ambitious afforestation plan, and a robust system is a critical part of that objective. IFA Aquaculture has welcomed the release of the Marine Institute's Fish Health Inspection and Monitoring Activities in 2018 and 2019. The report cited Irish aquaculture businesses as having a high level of compliance with statutory requirement in the EU Fish Health Directive and associated national legislation. Ireland continues to maintain its high health status for aquatic animals, with 98% of the 384 sites inspected having no compliance issues are compliance issues considered minor. The report is the first published record of activities related to aquatic animal health, and a copy of the report is available on the Marine Institute website. A new study led by University College Cork taps into expert knowledge from across Europe to identify the threats and the most effective conservation strategies for two emblematic birds of prey, hen harriers and short-eared owls. The research published this week in the journal Bird Conservation International highlights worrying declines in both species numbers in the face of similar threats and stresses that designation of protected area is not sufficient in reversing the declines and it needs to be combined with proactive habitat and species management if it's to be effective. 
The study concludes a new approach is needed to save hen harrier and short-eared owl populations, which are declining throughout Europe. Details available in the journal Bird Conservation International. The Future Growth Loan Scheme opened for applications on Thursday, July 30th. An additional €400 million has been made available under the scheme. 40% of the additional €400 million has been ring-fenced for agriculture. FGLS, the Future Growth Loan Scheme, benefits from a guarantee from the European Union under the European Fund for Strategic Investments, EFSI. Previously, the minimum loan amount had been €50,000, but this has now been reduced to €25,000, with a maximum amount of €3 million. Loans are available for terms of between 7 and 10 years and are unsecured up to €500,000. Loans under the scheme are for investment purposes only. According to the Strategic Banking Corporation of Ireland, SBCI, interest rates remain unchanged from the original rates of 4.5% for loans of less than €250,000 and 3.5% for loans equal to or greater than €250,000. The chair of the IFA Farm Business Committee, Miss Rosemary McDonough, has welcomed the opening of applications for the scheme. Miss McDonough advised farmers who were interested that they should immediately start their application. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Now, thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.